Hello and welcome back to Supernet City. I'm Jay. I'm Keen. And today we are going to look at the strangest and weirdest promotions in all of MMA. And we're going to talk about the latest MMA news as normal. And then to finish off today, we're going to look at some of our uh, favourite intros and entrance music in all of MMA. So let's get right into it, as we say. Today we're going to go over the strange side of MMA. Um, this this all come about when we seen the video on social media of the, I think it was 560-pound Russian guy yeah. fighting the, uh, I think she was, was she a bantamweight? And she was like 120 or yeah. pro- probably less. <laughs> yeah, so it, it basically it got, my, got my brain ticking and thought, this can't be the strangest thing that's ever happened in MMA. And yeah. as it turns out, uh, we were right. <laughs> yeah, we um, it, we found out there's actually a few. There's a few of these strange yeah. organisations. Very strange. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be fun to talk about. The one I'm going to mention first, um, this isn't really part of it, but I'm going to just mention it as an honourable mention. Uh, so the brawl for all in WWE. Now, uh, funny enough, it was actually Keaton who mentioned this to me. I know yeah. a lot about it. I've watched um, I've watched a, a Dark Side of the Ring documentary on it. Um, so I know all about it, obviously. I, out of the two was I am the, the professional wrestling fan. So yeah, definitely. Brawl for all was <laughs> was just uh, was just Vince McMahon's way to try and get Steve Williams over Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and uh, it backfired miserably because. He lost, <laughs> but lost that, that's that's the beauty of um. Yeah, he lost to the eventual winner, Bart yeah. Gunn. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was designed as I mentioned to you earlier. It was designed to to be the rocket that they were going to strap to Steve Williams as the next big star of the company, and it, it, it failed miserably. Yeah. And then instead of pushing Bart Gunn, they decided to to dog him basically and put him in the ring uh, in an actual boxing match at WrestleMania against Butterbean. <laughs> <laughs> like the man done nothing wrong except what the company didn't want him to do. But yeah. that's the problem. If you put if you put people in in legitimate fights, it's it's not you know it it, it it's not professional wrestling anymore. Then yeah. if you put people in legitimate fights, anything can happen, and that's why the sport is so loved and unpredictable. And even you know, I know it was boxing; it wasn't really MMA, but mm. it's the same it's the same principle, especially with like heavyweights. It's so unpredictable. A fight can end in an instant. So, yeah, it was a foolish decision by by WWE, and they tried to to punish Bark Gun for for winning it, which was which is a dick move. Um, and, and um, that's why they never went back to it. Yeah, well, I think the reason why they also never went back to it is because the fans didn't really like it. I mean, you've been known no. for years to do wrestling, you know. You've gained millions of fans, and then you do something out of the blue, 
And yeah. fans are like, no, we, we want wrestling. This is what we come here for, not for boxing. If I wanted boxing, I'd go watch boxing. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it, and, and I think, I don't know if it's right, but I think a year after, when they stopped it, I don't know if Vince or Shane uh, went about proposing an offer for the UFC at the time. Yeah. So I don't know whether that was their way of starting to get into that with Raw for all, and then. Yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, WWE and professional wrestling, it will always have a, a relationship with martial arts and, and MMA in general. Yeah. You know, you've got the links like Ronda, Brock, the 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 like the obvious links, but then you've got the likes of the Undertaker, who's who's admitted in the past that if 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 Miss Martial Arts was was bigger at the time when he was debuting with starting with wrestling, he would have been an MMA fighter and he's brought MMA repertoire into his into his wrestling in yeah. in the past. So he started using a gogo platter um as a move. Yeah. And he you know he started wearing MMA gloves and stuff like that. So there's always going to be that relationship but people don't want to see wrestlers have fights. Do you want to see wrestlers wrestle because that's what they're trained to do and that's yeah. what they're there to see. That's their profession. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was strange. And to be fair, if you want to, if if you want to know who the toughest wrestlers are, all you've got to do is listen to stories from wrestlers because nine out of ten wrestlers will tell you that the toughest wrestler out there was Haku. Now he's probably a wrestler that, especially if someone like yourself who's not really into it, yeah. you've probably never heard of him. Haku, what did you he, say? Haku, yeah. He, he's the no. toughest son of a bitch. That wrestling's probably ever seen, according to other wrestlers. Yeah. Um, and there's a great story about him, which I'm not going to go go into here because it's not what we're here for. But there is a great story about him being at a bar and Marines coming, basically. Um, and he basically destroys about four Marines. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> le- legit bad dude. Legit bad dude. Yeah. Um, but let, let's get into what we're here for, as I say. Brawl for all was our honourable mention, let's yeah. say. But. We're going to start with what I've come to love since I discovered it. Um, it, it should be the top MMA organization in the world. No, it, it shouldn't, obviously, but yeah. it, it's a lot of fun. I think it's hilarious. I think it's brilliant. And it's M1 Medieval. Yeah, M1 Medieval. Um, I've When I was looking at it, obviously it looks mental, but I think what I've seen is... The, the last activity of it was in 2017. Now, if you haven't seen it, it is basically what it says. It's two fighters getting armor. You know, they have a blunt sword, a shield, and they basically kick the living shit out of each other with shields and everything. Uh, there's takedowns. Um, <laughs> it, it's basically a mixed martial arts fight, but yeah, with I, imagine. <laughs> the only way I can describe it is imagine Jim Carrey and Matthew Broderick in the cable guy when they go to medieval times in an actual fight. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. But what, what shocked me about, about it is I was expecting it to be a bit cheesy, a bit over the top, a bit like yeah. theatrical. And I thought it was just going to be largely a sword fight. But then, like you say, just take down. They're on the yeah. floor. He's it, like, they're hitting each other with the shields. I'm like, this, this is brutal. Like, I, I don't know what... I don't know how heavy and the shields and the swords and the actual armor is, but yeah, if you get hit by it, that that. <laughs> I mean, there was, <laughs> was one point cool. where I seen like a, a fella took the other person down, and then literally stands over him and he starts getting his shield six to nine, 
over his head. And you know, the one they say they call the best, uh, the best knockout in in a one medieval or something. Possibly, yeah. But um, yeah, I think I've seen it, it was just, it was just mad. So obviously, it's got that fun side to it. Um, if we're looking at it realistically, what what's like the the negatives about it? Um, well, the fact that the, the wrestling, uh, the fighting, sorry. The fact in, that in they've armor. got that massive armour on, you know, it yeah, probably I mean, is heavy, you know, the, you can't. Yeah, the, <laughs> so, if we're going, if we're, if seriously though, the, the negatives are about it, having to carry a sword and a shield and wear armour because it, it's hard enough in a fight. You know, you've seen, you've seen fighters gas and fatigue after three minutes in a normal fight yeah. imagine what it's going to be like for three minutes in wearing <laughs> armour carrying a sword and a shield you, I know the fatigue must be like unbearable from it I take into account as well that uh, did he cut weight to, to make these fights you know um, I'm assuming there's weight classes did he weigh in with the armour or without like that I, I don't think we, we uh, really don't, you didn't see any that far into it did we in terms no, of but, weighing in and that and whether they cut but I'm guessing if it's got weight classes in it they're going to have to cut they probably get weighed before the armour and then the armour probably adds who knows how much how much the armour weighs you know mm. you can for instance look at look at um, look at Deontay Wilder when he fought Fury now he said his, his, his thing that he wore for the second fight on his entrance I think did he say it weighed 80 pounds or something like that? 80 pounds? Yeah, I'm sure he said something like that. I might be wrong on, on the figure, but it weighed uh, it weighed a, a quite significant amount. Yeah. Um, it was, don't get me wrong, I think it was just an excuse because he got schooled. Because he actually said in the past that he regularly trains with heavier weight on him than the thing that he had on. Weight. Yeah. So it's a bit like, well, if you can train with heavier on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was just a bullshit <laughs> excuse. But... That goes to show how much something like that may affect them, especially, and you know, that was just him walking out in it. He's yeah. fighting in it. So, um, strange. But yeah. yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> Very fun to watch. I enjoyed it. I did. I, I can't deny it. Yeah, um, I watched the couple highlights and stuff um, just to get an idea of it. But it is, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, there wasn't a lot of finesse to it. There wasn't a lot of skill to it. But again, how sort of you can't? I suppose you can't really let the skill shit, shit, <laughs> skill set show through. Is <laughs> all that I'm on? No, um, I'm, um, I'm just, I'm just honoured and the late great Sean Connery there. But yeah. <laughs> no, but you, like, you have got to think. Imagine him trying to to like throw a double double jab and a cross or something. You know, gonna, imagine, the, the shield's going to be there. They're going to get twatted with the shield and they're bringing the sword around. That's it. Imagine, <laughs> imagine someone goes for the takedown and all they got to do is like, well, I'll just poke my sword out like that. Yeah, <laughs> just trip you over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's essentially fencing and, and, and actual fighting. Yeah. Combined, combined with the medieval time scene from the cable guy, as I say. Minus the horses, um, minus the joustick, whatever it's called. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it was. That's the way I seen it going. Yeah. Like that. That's the next progression up. You know, turn it into a full-on next tale. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's be fun from M1 Medieval anyway, because I, I honestly could talk about that all day. But we've <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got one. another seven promotions to go through here. So yeah, as, um, as I said, yes, quite a few. We weren't expecting it, but 
<laughs> oh, next we've got a uh, Thermopylae team combat. Right, yeah, so with, with this, if you look at it, you'd think it's a Thermopylae or something like that. Um, this was formed in 2012, uh, but it's only had one formal tournament so far. Um, basically, the creator of it, I think, it was how we set it up was it was to do with the Battle of Thermopylae, which I think was Romans. They were getting uh, basically attacked by loads, like thousands of enemies, and they got in a narrow space and beat them with less numbers. And that is what it is. It's four on four in basically a rectangle ring. Which is narrow. Which is narrow, hence the, the narrow thing, yeah. Um, but it, it it works. like A, a lot of these organisations, I've noticed, have tried to take the whole wrestling and BJJ aspect out of it. Um, yeah, that that's me, me, me child, by the way. They might shout, but um, yeah. <laughs> so um, a lot of them have tried to take that aspect out of it and with most of them it doesn't work but I feel like this for not for, for, for Napoli could work yeah <laughs> I feel like it could work the, how it's set up um, what, what, what did you think of that? Um, I, I found it a bit odd like because I'm going to go into another one of these in a minute but I've seen other like team-based MMA promotions before we even looked at anything like this, yeah. And they all fight. They all fight at the same time. What I found a bit more stranger about Thermopylae was the fact that it was like just two people fighting, and you'd be in the corner surrounded by the other fighters, and yeah. it was like like watching the mate getting the head punched in right next and to them, like getting out of the way. I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the that was the real strange aspect for me, and then obviously the ring. Um, was just an odd design, and yeah. as you say, very, very narrow, quite long, but, but but very narrow. See, with that is is that thing? Is it because it's not the norm? It's not like your square ring. It's not a cage or whatever, because it is a rectangle, a narrow space. Is that why maybe we find it odd? Um, probably yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not it's not something we've come across before. I'd be surprised if, if we come across anything like that again. Yeah. So it's but. Sometimes you have got to break away from the norm to stand out a bit. Um, yeah. Again, I'm going to go back to, to pro wrestling for a second. When TNA, or Impact as it now is, first started, that had a six-sided ring. No one else in the US, anyway, I don't know about like Japan or Mexico or anything like that. But yeah. no, no other sort of relatively big promotion was using a six-sided ring at the time. So it made them stand out just because of that. So yeah. sometimes you have got to go against the norm to, to get a bit of... Um, you know, to get a bit of recognition. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. About, and stuff sometimes and... it's not. Yeah. You know, because they might not have, had, they might not have necessarily had the best fighters or the most well-known fighters, but then people might go. You know, people might even just say it in past. So now I've seen this this MMA the other day, and they had a like long rectangle ring. It was really weird. And yeah. straight away, you know, that might if I just said that to you in passing, that might intrigue you, and you might then go and search for long rectangle. Ring yeah. MMA kind of thing. You just use no, them and, keywords. It, yeah, and it come up. So it's just it's the type of thing that makes people look at it, and it's the you know, and that's part of the reason for this episode because these promotions they might not be great, but they do. They catch your eye. They, they yeah. deserve that bit of attention. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's what that promotion, whichever one it was, that that 
sort of spawned this episode for us done. They put they done they put a, a huge fella in and yeah. a tiny woman into a fight and seen what happened and the woman got the win. But the visual of it made it stand out, it made yeah. people take notice. And sometimes it's just what you gotta do. And that, that's the thing with people saying, Oh, well, you should see this, it does it piques your curiosity. And yeah. you want to be oh, like, well, okay, I want to see this because it does sound different. Dif- I think yeah. different is the, the key word. Like, it's different it's from same, what you used to. It's the same with anything. It's the same with anything. Like, you know, you might see a trailer for a film and go, that looks fucking nuts. Yeah. I want to watch it. And it, it, what was it? What film was it? I watched it recently with Vivarium. It's got a Imogen Putin, Jesse Eisenberg in. Wasn't the best film in the world, but the, the, the concept of it, was fucking like mind-boggling, so it was interesting at least. Yeah. But it was one of them things. I, I watched the title and was like, "That looks weird. I don't know what I've just watched. I want to watch it." Yeah, I want to so see it, yeah. if it stands up to it. Yeah. Yeah. So it it, it happens in in every walk of life. It's again what a, another example you could say like um, in music. You know, um, you can use an example here. Lil Wayne. Let's say everyone knows he's a rapper. Um, and he's not averse to, to changing it up to stay relevant. But, yeah. you know, about, about 10 or so years ago, we'd done a rock album. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, again, it mightn't be the greatest album in the world, and it mightn't be even, it's not probably not even top five Lil Wayne albums, if or, or top ten. I, I, I lost track of Lil Wayne these days, I don't know how many albums he's actually got out anymore. But yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's different, you know what I mean? And it makes yeah. people, it makes... You know, people for people who were only interested in rock would have listened to maybe one or two songs by him because it's a rock album. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a way to it, you've always got to keep yourself changing. You've got to evolve all the time with something yeah. like that. So this this is all it is. It's MMA. You know, the biggest promotions in the world, with the exception of well, let's say the three biggest promotions right now in the world. You've got UFC, Bellator, and One. Yeah, the only one that does it a little bit different is One. Because so, of the circle, yeah. Mm, and because because the they circle. also host Muay Thai and kickboxing events. Yes, also. and obviously they've got a they've got a different set of rules than the other two. So yeah, that's just what you got to do. You've got to you've got to do something that makes you stand out. Yeah, that's it. And um, so found it with these, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so again, I mentioned we uh, we'd mentioned some of the other sort of team based um, MMA fighting, if you like. Um, and this one, very simple name, Team Fighting Championships. Yeah, straightforward. Um, I don't know if it's still going. I think a video I watched on it was from last year. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm not too sure. But this is basically, um, I think it's a, a Russian organisation, which makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of sense. It's Fafivav. And because there's basically 10 fighters you need five referees. Now, <laughs> this one's probably the most bonkers one to an extent because you, you start fighting and then once one person's eliminated, that other person who eliminates them doesn't go out. Now he goes over the other side, other side and starts kicking the shit out of his, his mate. You know, so it's... Um, yeah, it, that's different, but... What I found with that is it was just there was too much. You couldn't really concentrate on one particular thing because a lot was happening. Um, yeah. Even though it's absolute madness, and you might you might enjoy it, 
I don't think you can get into it as much because there's just so much happening. I mean, you'll look at yeah. one and then you'll see, like, you you try to focus on one and then you'll see these other four come over and start kicking the shit out of the one fella. So you end up with five on one and he's you can't do anything but cover up. So it's, like, that one was just absolutely nuts. But what were your impressions of Team Fighting Championship? Um, yeah, largely the same. I mean... There's a reason why team-based MMA isn't a big thing. It doesn't work, like you say. You can't focus on anything. It's not like, you know, again, I, I, the only thing I can ever really compare it to, especially sort of like team-based, is, is wrestling. So, and, yeah. you know, if you get a tag team match in wrestling, everybody kind of gets a chance to shine because the way the way the match is designed kind of thing. Yeah. With this, if, if you've got 10 people just fighting in one space, you're just like, you're just kind of watching, you know, it's, it's just a fight. Yeah, it's, it's like, just a battle scene. It's, it's like people who went out and got pissed and thought, "Oh, I'm going to fight yeah. tonight," and they just all went at it. So let me, based on based on team fighting championship, then is is something I've only just thought of this right now. If you had to pick uh, current fighters, UFC only. Let's just say to, to keep it easy, who's your ultimate five-man team? Oh, for the hell. Um, have you got to be same weight or? Um, I don't know if they if they had weight. If they are in weight classes or not, so I'm going to say no. Okay, oh, I can literally pick any five on a side. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Habib because why wouldn't you? Yeah, um, he'll be with Ngannou. Yeah, you want that power? Yeah. Um, I'll take uh, Masvidal because I think he's just he's just game. Um, hey, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll take to share that one, but he can take a beating as his last fight showed. Um, and then unless your name's Andy Johnson. Yeah, true. Um, and then me last one. Uh, I'd put. Let's say Adesanya. Okay. And then on your side. <laughs> uh, John Jones and Habib and Israel can go after him and say no like Habib can go after I'm the goat you know and Israel would be like I'll, I'll kick your ass yeah. um, who else could have put with him um, I'll put Shogun Machida uh, DC and Rampage everyone that John Jones has won just so he gets the shit kicked out of him <laughs> oh dear no no actually um let me let me change that because it looks like I've just went completely against John Jones and I don't mind him to be honest with you. So we'll keep John Jones in there, but um, let's put Covington in there and Masvidal can go out after them. McGregor, um, I don't mean to, but obviously Habib's on the other side, so they're probably going to fight um, for the third time. Uh, who else? Um, let's get let's get two legends actually. So let's put Vanderlei Silver in there, and uh, Ice Gracie. Is and last two were like quite random, but most of them <laughs> were random actually. So um, uh, I've got a, a, a question uh, for you then. Um, so you said, obviously, 
team fighting championship doesn't work because there's too lot, uh, too much going on. But if we were to bring it back to Napoli, um, do you think that works because there is one on one until someone gets eliminated? Um, yeah, I think it works better. You can you can actually see what's what's going on again. Mm. It's a it's a weird visual with the with the ring and stuff like that, but it does work better than the team fighting championship just because. It is only one out of time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, glad you glad you agree. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agreed a bit too much there, didn't I? Yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> so on to the next one. Um, no song, sure that's a song. Anyway, <laughs> get well, started. Left right and centre. I'm sure it's a uh, sure it's Swiss beats. So you, you, you can tell this isn't scripted because we just we mess up too much. Oh yeah. Oh I mean. <laughs> I, I'm getting sidetracked honestly all over the place. So anyway, <laughs> on on to the next one. Uh, Yama pit fighting. Yeah. Um. So with, with this one, um, this was uh, created in 2008. It was actually uh, I think the feathers come from UFC who created it. Um. The difference being that. Uh, round by the cage there was an incline and it was meant to make uh, fights that happened in it stay standing up again they were trying to take out the wrestling aspect um, but it it didn't work because it only lasted the one event um, yeah that's that's me kids laughing at Monsters Inc and getting very excited you, you might hear that um, but yeah the kids so um, go film yeah um, so yeah, what did you make of it? <laughs> um, well, I mean, obviously featured our our good and dear friend who we've already mentioned, Butterbean. Um, yeah, Butterbean. I, I don't know. With, with Yama, I mean, there wasn't really. The only difference with it was, as you say, that bit of an incline, and it, it's not really needed. It's like I think this was probably the this was the least sort of interesting one out of all mm. of them. I think. Yeah. I just don't think there's a, there's a reason it only lasted one shot. It's not yeah. going to come back. I mean, you know, you're trying to taking away the wrestling from MMA is is, is uh, isn't a really good yeah. decision because it's like, it's, it's like okay, yeah, uh, people like to see stand up fights, but I mean, maybe around that time, I mean, we're talking about 2008, yeah, UFC wasn't as big as it was as no, it is today. Um, you know, around that time, you might be in people talking about, or just want to see them stand up and you know, have a slow press or whatever. So they tried yeah. this, but they shot themselves in the foot because they realized that with wrestlers, they could take them down and they're against the cage. The incline works against people getting up because they yeah. can't get that space in the moment. But I just think it's unfair because if they did get somebody in who was a wrestler, they're, they're, they're getting them in knowing that they're putting them at a disadvantage on purpose. Yeah. So it's just, it was, you know, the one thing MMA's got to be is a level playing field. Mm. So, you know, the rest of these all where, where does that, has the potential to not be a level playing, level playing field. Yeah. All the others, medieval, both fight. It's not like one fighter's just in armor and the other isn't. Which would be you know, another mad thing to say. Yeah. You know, Thermopylae, it's, it's 1v1 in a mm. team-based environment. Team yeah. fighting championship, it's 5v5. All right, yeah, one team becomes at a disadvantage when someone gets eliminated, but that's different because that's personally for me with that 
I'd, I'd say once if somebody gets eliminated for losing, the one who eliminated them also then sits out mm. to keep it at the same. But that that's different. But purposely making somebody at a disadvantage like that doesn't make sense for me. So yeah, that was probably, that that one. I can understand why it didn't last. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, just they they try to compete for the UFC, and it just. It didn't work out for him, obviously. The, uh, apparently, they had fighters who were lined up for it. I think they had Don Fry, um, Gary Goodridge. I think they had a few others, but some pulled out with injuries, others just pulled out just for pulling out yeah. purposes, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just. It didn't, Is, go, um, it didn't go their way. Um, was it Yama with the worst, with the worst announcer? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, I think that's the one where he calls the title a strap on. Yeah, he does. He, yeah. he says the fighting for the strap on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Mergliotta. Let's see, let's see who gets the biggest strap on. Yeah. yeah. Dan, Dan Mergliotta was, was the ref and he gets introduced as Dan the man. He's the man. How can I be the man if he's the man, Mergliotta? Yeah. <laughs> and then he, he says something about you. I don't even know what he says, but he no, just makes that. Either. If you get a chance, go. Um, go. In fact, actually... We'll, we'll put the video up on on, a, on our Twitter page for you so you yeah. can have a little look because it's hilarious and when Bruce Buffett decides to call it a day if this if this <laughs> gentleman is still around UFC have got a ready-made replacement uh, to, to be to be honest with you say he's the the best announcer for the worst possible reason it's I think oh, yeah. it's mostly because apparently he's didn't stick to his cue cards he was just yeah he's, like, he's an announcer you want to see more of because you know it's terrible mean? <laughs> it's like um, there's That's been a the video going around. Would you actually have him on like a big stage, like in Absolutely. UFC pay per view? Would you have 100%. him? Hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would. He'd be memorable. <laughs> For, and it reminds me of um. So there's been videos going around on social media. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh, so a reporter for the Ghanaian news channel. I think he's a. I think he anyway. Um, <clears throat> he's reading out the football scores from around the world. But he can't pronounce one of them. <laughs> and so it's like, what was it? Like he knows the big ones, so we can say Manchester United, Manchester City. Yeah. But I think there was one. I can't remember what league it was in. Um if I think it was I think it was like uh, in Germany, I think it was like Eintracht Frankfurt. And he just yeah. looks at it and goes and he starts laughing. Starts like belly laughing, proper pissing himself laughing. Yeah. But then what he does is he goes, he goes, Eintracht. Because <laughs> he can't say it, he just mumbles <laughs> nothing, and it's hilarious. He's brilliant. Again, it's not MMA related. I don't care. I'm putting it on our Twitter page later because it's just funny. Um, yeah, but let, yeah. let's let's go away from Yama. I mean, for me, the best part of Yama was that terrible announcer. So, um, and that's just for the funny aspect of it. Oh, you yeah. know, um, when at least do... at least he gave us a laugh. So. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, so... but no thanks, Yama. In... So next, um, this this one was very strange. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the next one is Exxon. Mm, yeah. Now I know I know what you're thinking, and get your mind out the gutter. Nothing to do with that. Um, and basically, we're, all, we're also not referring to really a mechanical arm that does the oh, no, boy, you no, know picks no. up. Not not that Exxon. This is no. something so, different. <laughs> so this is good old fashioned, you know. Uh, see you, see you the see you the better man is arm wrestling, uh, where you can punch and kick each other. Yeah, basically, um, they're actually strapped to the table 
with a harness. What did it remind me of? Do you remember and when you were younger, you had to fun wars? Yeah. Well, it reminded me that normally is getting swung at, and like one, one of them just sits back. He's like, he's like that bum, no way. You, 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 you get the other person to try and get it, but he just put, puts his bum back. That's what that reminded me of. But um, yeah, I, I think this was also created by someone that was in the UFC. Um, Art Davies or Art Davis or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, I bet um, He was in the UFC and he created this, but a lot of people said this didn't work because it was what, based around the was he high at the time? More than likely. I'm gonna say yeah. I don't know. Don't know if he if he gets high, but yeah, this is. Yeah, it, it's it makes absolutely no sense. But watching it, it, it is brutal. Because the thing is, if you catch someone with one punch, they can't really get away. Yeah. And so the only the one clip I vividly remember was one of the fight starts. One of them catches the other with seven punches in a row, and he's knocked out, and it's over yeah. in three seconds. But this is the thing: is because because you can't really gauge if the person's knocked out because they're getting held up by a table, and also the other person's hand that's wrapped in tape. A lot of the stoppages are late, so you know, literally the person needs to be snored until the ref jumps in. But I I seen one with they actually got a, a arm wrestling big arm wrestler. So like I think he done uh, Muay Thai or something and this arm wrestler is like shouting yeah you know getting all excited mm. and then he starts getting his head bashed in and he turns into that you know fun basically he just stays back and you know tries to avoid it and then he actually tries an arm bar um, and, and that art he's like commentating on it and he says, no, I don't know why they threw like, the towel in because it's not like uh, something to do with arm wrestling. It did not have a disadvantage or something. Um, so yeah, but that, that, that was a mad one. They actually had arm wrestlers come in as well and actually take on people who can punch and stuff, you know. It's a big, so, big difference. Someone who can arm wrestle and someone who can punch. Who can fight, yeah. Who can fight, yeah. Difference. So my question is, in and all, I, I didn't see anything to help me answer this question. I don't know if you did. Does the actual arm wrestling have any actual... So, say you're losing a fight, but you manage to get the other person's arm down. Do you then win because you've won the arm wrestle? Either? I, I think so. I think what he said, how, how, he basically said, how you beat your opponent is knocking them out, submitting them, or pinning the arm. So, it's you know, but you get punched in the no face. Sense. How can you even think, well, I'm trying to avoid that arm that you're throwing at me and it's hurting me. But I've also got to try pin this arm. Yeah. But it could work because the other person is focusing on punching. They're not going to think about keeping hold of that hand and keeping it, you know, you know, standing in place. Yeah, it's possible. But I uh, think you know what? They probably got that idea from again pro wrestling WWE because in WWE they tend sometimes to do like these arm wrestling things as a test of strength, and it always ends up in like you know them fighting. So yeah. they probably got the idea from that thing. Oh, pe- people like that, clearly. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I don't know, it's, it's a different kind of setting. Like if I see one where when it started, the fella just started getting kicked and he gets knocked out. But it's it's, really, it's just it's unnatural. Because when you fight, you yeah, only definitely. use both, both your hands, don't you? And, that, and you're held in place. I mean, there's a lot more negatives to it, in my opinion. With that oh, yeah. Thing. I mean, you can't block on that one, can you? So, no. Um, 
<laughs> it's like slam. It's like um, I don't know if you ever heard of the sport slam ball. Possibly. So basically, what slam ball was was um, basketball, but in the in the two point area, let's say I don't I don't really know what it's called. I'm not a basketball yeah. fan much, but in the two point area, you had trampolines. Okay. And so you get massive takeouts mid air. Yeah. So it was it was more of us like it was a soft dead arena kind of thing mm. because the hits were big, but um, you had. So yeah, they had trampolines, so the hits were massive, but then mm. the dunks were, were pretty Bigger. fun to watch as well. Yeah. But I think they're actually got quite big, and it, not, you know, it's not the only sport that's kind of evolved into to bringing a new aspect into it, mm. um, just to make them stand out. I think I'm pretty sure there's like a in, in American football, there's like a lingerie football league. A what? Lingerie. Lingerie is people running around in like the bills in there or the boxes, uh, yeah. sorry. Well, no, but it's women. That's why I said lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> so, not the bills or the boxes, like, but... Okay, the, the underwear <clears throat> and the bras. And the undergarments. <laughs> and the, the privacy hiders. Um, no, so what it's basically... They're running around in nothing but the underwear playing American football. Yeah, but they've, they've got a helmet on and they've got, like, shoulder pads and that. And, um, Someone's just made that for, for like the, the common man, haven't they? Right. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> I'm gonna I'm showing Keaton a picture of it now. <laughs> oh yeah, but yeah, got their asses off and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um oh yeah, alright, fair enough. I mean I think he's the guy who made it and he looks like the type of guy who'd make something like lingerie football league. Oh yeah, he looks, looks he like looks a CD guy. He looks like that kind of pervy weirdo. Yeah, he is like don't even want to use baby, but it's our podcast, so we can use baby. He, he looks like a creep. <laughs> he looks like that creepy uncle who's like been a bit of inappropriate with people in the past, and you were looking to invite him to parties anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, but the point I'm making, obviously, is you know other sports. It's not just MMA that mm. does stuff to to try and make themselves stand out for their sports do it as well and the last one we're going to come to um, after so we've got two more to go through the last one we're going to come to massively falls under that category and I'm yeah. really looking forward to talking about this one as soon as you mentioned it to me I was like okay I need to see this one <laughs> and, I'm, and we're going into a bit more detail with that one because yeah. Yeah. it's um, it's it's probably the oldest sort of thing on here as well it, um, it's, it's got a, got a, a massive historical sort of purpose so anyway mm. before we get into that one we're going to go to the next one so as always Mixed martial arts, it's a, it's a global sport. It, 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 there's, you know, you've got you've got iterations of it in all corners of the world. So every episode, I'm probably going to have to say I apologise for any any names or places yeah. Yeah. that I butcher with my pronunciations. <laughs> and the reason I say this is because next we have uh, Gan Regime Martial and, Arts, and that so, is spelled G A N R Y U J I M A. Yeah. So, um, so I was going with like. Gun Regime because if you remember on the game Tekken there was a fighter mm. there was a sumo wrestler called Gunru so right. that's I just went with that I, but, I think um, it's, it's actually a place in it is yeah so Gun uh, Regime is a small um, it's a small island basically a small mm. Japanese island um, and that's about as much as I know about it yeah. it's just a small <laughs> Japanese island but this it's also called moat fighting so like yeah. if you can't understand what I've just said moat so like you know, around the castle, um, 
Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. what can what yeah. you look? I think you looked at this one a bit more than me. Yeah, yeah. You looked, so, at, you looked at this one a bit more than me. So, what can you tell us about with, it? With this one, I, I looked on, uh, I think it's Tapology, I think, just to see how long it's been going since and started in 2015. But the last show was in May last year. Now I don't know if that's like it looked like they slowed down because the year before they'd done free events, the year before that free events. So I, I'm not too sure if it's still active, but uh, basically it's the fight on a, on a, a raised platform, and the way the win is either <clears throat> KO or TKO or knocking them off the platform. And if you get knocked off the platform three times, that's it, you're done. Um, I didn't actually see any submissions in it, so I don't know if that's a way that you can win. Um, but I've seen one similar uh, a month or so ago, and it, it's in Poland, and it's the same context, but with Bernhardt. Um, nice. So, yeah. Um, well, I think you mentioned to me, this is another one that sort of wants, or it seems to want to get rid of the, the grappling aspect of MMA. So yeah. we said, I think we said with this one, you can't really call it mixed martial arts. It's mm. more like mixed stand-up fighting. Yeah, what did you call it? M-Suff? M-Suff, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted to go with. Um, because one of the one of the things it says about it, on um, I was reading a, an article about weird MMA on a Bleacher Report, and what yeah. it said on there is it's, it's fun watching a karate master go up against a capoeira expert. Yeah. So obviously both of them Stand up martial arts, so yeah. that's why I coined the new phrase M stuff, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, for me, um, this and for, for my Billy, to me, I feel like they're the two that could really actually do something with it and go mm. a long way with it because of how they've set it up, you know. Um, and I've seen like comment on something I was watching, like he. The person said he likes the setup of it because of the distance of the crowds and they can't like influence or do anything with the fighters. Um, I, I don't know how that works, like, but you know, it's it's, it's a positive for it. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that's basically the context of it, you know. Yeah, it it seemed interesting. It, it was one of the more. It was weird because of the the sort of surroundings and and the setting of it. But it, yeah. again, it is one that you think. The, if they if they got it right, this could actually do well. Mm. They, they make it kind of airy as well. So when you like below the platform, it's just mist, yeah. and you like actually change colours of it. So like you change it to green, and it looks like just toxic stuff. You know, yeah. they really do stuff with it visually. Um, but I, I watched the video, and I think the fella who do, who it was about was in the UFC like a year or two before, and he he went back. To his, uh, a, a place and trained crassy and stuff, and then he went into this, and I think he got like straight six wins, you know, like a fight, uh, yeah. a win streak. Um, but yeah, I think that one and uh, Mopoli, they could actually go a long way if they wanted to. Yeah, never know. We might see them come back in the future um, mm. and probably make their way out to fight pass. You know what they're like for putting stuff on there so would yeah. surprise me it is possible oh we're not to our last I, I wouldn't even say this is necessarily 
a promotion. Um, but the last one is the one I was really interested in. Um, so this one is an Italian-based sport. Um, yeah. And it's called Calcio Storico. So basically what Calcio Storico means in Italian is historic football. Basically, so yeah. you're, probably wondering, you're probably wondering what this has got to do with MMA, but this is where it gets fun. So basically, <laughs> this is extremely old. This It's five centuries old. Um, it originated in 16th century Italy. Mm. Um, and it was once, it says here, it was once widely played. Um, it's also got the name of Calcio Fiorentino. So because it's thought to have started in Florence. Yeah, that's um, right, yeah. If you if you know your Italian football or soccer, the team in Florence is called Fiorentina, so I suppose it makes sense there. Yeah. So here's where it gets fun. Here we go on to the rules. So I'm just going to read this straight off Wikipedia, which never, ever lies, obviously. Um, of course. So matches last 50 minutes and are played on a field covered in sand, twice as long as it is wide. A white line divides the field into two identical squares and a goal net runs the length, sorry, runs the width of each end. Each team has 27 players with no substitution and no substitutions allowed for injured or expelled players. The teams are made up of four goalkeepers. I'm not going to say the Italian words because I will be persecuted yeah. somewhere in yeah. I would imagine. So yeah, <laughs> made up of four goalkeepers, three fullbacks, five halfbacks and 15 forwards. Um, I'm going to skip the next bit. So um, the referee and six linesmen uh, officiate the match in collaboration with the judge commissioner, who remains off the field. Basically, the ref the only the only purpose of the referee is to make sure it runs smoothly, um, yeah. stepping in to maintain discipline and re-establish order when fights occur. Um, shots from a small cannon uh, announces the beginning of the event. Okay, here's where it gets fun. So the game starts when the uh, Palio. I assume throws and kicks the ball toward the centre line then at the first whistle when the ball rests first rests on field 15 forwards begin fighting <laughs> in a wild mixed martial arts match punching, kicking, tripping hacking, tackling and wrestling with each other in an effort to design to tie opponents defences but which often descends into an all out brawl yeah. they try to pin and force into submission as many players as possible once there are enough incapacitated players, the other teammates come and swoop the ball, swoop up the ball and head to the goal. Um, and then from there, they basically try anything they can to try and score. Yeah. Um, well, there's there's a lot going on. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's tw- 27 people on this field. 30 of that's, them that, each that, other. That's covered with, with sand. And of that number... They say that 10 to 15 of them can get injured, but as it's just stated, even if you get injured, you can't get substituted. So you get cleaned up and you sent back off yeah. to fight again. Um, and I think it's over 2,000 years old. Um, I think what I was watching, I think said that the Romans used to use it to strengthen their, you know, their, their fighters, basically. Um, but could you like imagine this in like something like the the Premier League? Like, Absolutely not. You, you see, you, you see, like uh, football players, they, they get like a little a little scuff with the ankle and they go down crying. Yeah, could you, exactly. Could you like imagine 
if they brought this into the Premier League. <laughs> uh, no, no, I really can't imagine it in the slightest. Um, but, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, part of me would really love to see, like, Harry Kane start fighting with, like, Paul Pogba or something like that. Yeah. Just an all out brawl between the two of them. But, you know, the pair of them are... You know, no, no, what would actually be good to do that as well? You'd see who's actually... You know who could fight as well because of all them. You know actors, but then when it comes to it, it's not the case. So that would yeah. actually show who can have a go, basically. But um, it just it, it intrigued me, obviously, because I'm a massive football fan as well. Yeah. So it, it intrigued me so much to see about it. Um, and that's why, like, I, I sent it to you and said I found another one. It's uh, yeah, a bit, a bit different. You know. <laughs> Um, I only found that one when it was last night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, uh, so my question now that we've gone through them all, if you had to choose one of these promotions to... So, let's say let's say UFC, Bellator and one, they're all gone. Okay. So, they don't, don't exist anymore. Um, out of the eight promotions we've just talked about, what one would you choose to be the new sort of biggest promotion in the world? Just one. Yeah. Well, so if you could choose one that was going to take the mantle of being the biggest one, and that would be the one that most people go and watch. Yeah. Well, I'd probably have to go between the Garajima and the Thermopylae. Um, but if I was to narrow it down, um, probably Thermopylae. I don't. I, I, I can really see that taken off. Um, I don't know why, but it, it maybe it, it's structured better. Um, you know, it's they've actually got decent set of rules. If you go and take them down, you're out. You know, there's they, they've kind of removed the wrestling without shooting themselves, shooting yeah. themselves in, in the foot. Whereas the other ones who've tried to eliminate it, it's backfired. Um, so I feel like Thermopylae would probably be the one that would rise uh, to the occasion um, what about you what would you say would take the mantle um, yeah it'd probably be a choice between them two and myself but I'd, I think I'd probably go Gran Regime um, mm. but only if they brought the announcer from Yama with them <laughs> and then you sold on it yeah oh yeah absolutely I mean there's no stopping it um, yeah. no yeah I think I'd probably go Gran Regime I think from the brief bit I have seen of it, the the fighters, I, yeah, I think you get more diverse fights. So I'd say they mentioned karate and capoeira. Mm. If they then evolved that further, I think you'd, you'd just have. I think the fights would be more exciting because you'd be getting so many different, different fighting styles, styles combining and, yeah. and, and coming, you know, coming up against each other. So yeah, I go Ganrajima, but that, but again, I think they, they've all. I think with the, I think all but Yama, to be honest, they've got their own sort of positives and and negatives. Yeah, um, but it's been it's. <laughs> I mean, there it is. That's what we said. It's it's the weird side of MMA. Yeah, um, definitely. And it's been fun looking at them because they've made us laugh. Some have actually made us think. You know what? It's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's been it's been all right. Um, but while while we while we still have Bellator one UFC, then these are still going to remain. Not, where they yeah, are, you know, not not just them as well. Obviously, 
you've got many other promoters. Yeah, of course, you've got Cage Warriors. You know, Cage Warriors. Yeah. Um, so thankfully, there's a lot of normal MMA out there for us. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so speaking of normal MMA, uh, what's what's going on in the MMA world for us at the minute? So um, news. Um, as some of them have been from last week. Um, yeah, but we haven't done an episode it, in a little while, have we? So it's still a, uh, it's still kind of a, a talking point and relevant. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. So obviously we know Yoel Romero got cut. Also after that, Rachel Ostrovich, she got cut, and most recently Matt Wyman went. But I think that was of his own accord. Uh, and Dane is looking on cutting like over sixty fighters. Right? What do you make of this? a massive cut that's coming um it's obviously as a result of of covid and um, it's the only thing i can think you know they've lost they would have lost a lot of money in terms of gate receipts and stuff like that and mm. um, we we talked about it a couple of you know on a, on a few shows the price of some of the tickets that must be for the ufc for like front row and stuff like that yeah there's not a hell of a lot of money you know we don't know i haven't been keeping track of what buy rates have been like for events and stuff like that like yeah well, pay-per-view especially. Um, so it, it's obviously a cost-cutting measure. Um, the big names, as you said, are, are really Joel, Joel Romero and um, Rachel Ostovich. Um, I think a lot of people were annoyed that Joel got cut. And I think the way I looked at it, yeah, he's still in phenomenal shape. But he's, what, one and, one and five in his last six. And he's 42 um, and years he's old. 42, 43. So yeah. if it was anybody else and... You know, and there's, there's fighters there who are fan favourites and probably should get cut. Like, prob- as much as nobody, you know, nobody, not many people want to admit it, but Cowboy should probably get cut. Uh, I was going to go on to that. Um, so, I think you've got to you've got to take out your personal preference of certain fighters and look at it from a, a, a logistical point of view. Whereas, you know, if if it was someone you didn't like, so for us, for instance, we don't like Colby Covington. Mm. Now. If if he went on a on a five loss loss streak say and was getting kept, we'd be asking questions like why is he being kept? He's lost five yeah. fights in a row, so we shouldn't be not asking them questions just because we like a fighter. Them questions should still be asked. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, regardless, like yeah, you're a fan favorite or whatever it is, Dana likes your style. But when it comes, I mean, it was always a thing in the past. You went on three losses, nine times out of ten you were gone. You know, we only have the best, and what you're showing right now is not the best. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I think we, we'll see a lot more of that. And Ostevich is an example. Uh, I think she lost three in a row. She's out, they're done. Um, but I think another aspect of it, and I listened to uh, Cyrus and his comeback on it, and he touched on uh, the roster actually being bigger than the, I think it was the NFL. So you can you know you can imagine how big it is, but also with that you've got you've got new people coming in you know people like Kevin Holland and you know mm. a bunch of new talent you've got the the Dana White Contender Series you've got yeah. the Ultimate Fighter so new not only that you look at sorry to interrupt okay. not only that you look at someone like Jake Hadley who's just won the flyweight title in Cage Warriors yeah. so he's now he's now a two promotion he's now a two promotion champion of flyweight. You know, if if some of them don't get cut, somebody like him, who by by all intents and purposes 
is deserving of a shot in the UFC. Doesn't get that shot because somebody who's lost four in a row is being kept on. Yeah. So you've got to look. You've you've all the UFC have always got to be looked to be evolving, and not just UFC. Any promotion, Bellator, One, Invicta, LFA, any of these that we've mentioned and watched, you know, they've they've got to be looking to evolve all the time. They've got to be bringing in the best fighters and. You can't play favourites, and don't get me wrong. We all know Dana's played favourites in the past. Oh yeah, um, Dana's got his a uh, his little sort of cash cards as he, he always he had. Done it with um, Mike Perry recently. You know, yeah. they were asking like, is he going to get cut? You know, this is the media, and he's like, well, we're not too sure. Uh, basically, he's saying I like I like his style. You know, he, he's mm. game and stuff. But again, same with Cowboy. He might he might be game. He he, he might be you you might like him, but. Where's the fairness in that? You know what I, mean? I think I think if they start keeping people on massive losing streaks just because they're a likable person, it start the promotion starts losing its integrity mm. because it never it's not been built on that in the past. Yeah, um, and don't get me wrong, yeah, it's it's changed a lot over the years, but the one thing it, it's largely kept all, throughout its entire history, it's 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 its integrity of cutting a fighter when it's like right enough's enough, you've lost too much. Yeah, and I don't think they, they should be stopping that. So, yeah, it, it's it sucks. Yo, Romero has been released, but it was it was the right call in my opinion. Mm. It sucks. Well, it, yeah, it sucks that Rachel Ostevich is is being released because let's be honest, she's gaining a bigger following the last few months. Yeah, and that would be a big thing for the UFC to keep her, but they've made the right decision based on a fighting a fighting point of view, and that's all it should ever be based on. Now th- th- this this is is another thing. Um, so what happens with their careers then? Because obviously we've seen recently Bellator don't really want to take people who've come from the UFC. You know, they're, they're essentially like scraps. And it seems like a few of them have been doing it because I think Bellator rejected Yoel, um, and maybe PFL um, or someone. There was another one that rejected them. So it's like when they go, it's like. What what are they doing next? You know what I mean? If, if they're not going to not things. find. Eventually, somebody will take them. That's yeah. the thing. Um, you know, I think we'll probably end up touching on it soon anyway. But look at look at Bellator, San, and Rumble. Yeah. Um, now, there for me, the, there isn't a pair. If he goes to light heavyweight or heavyweight, probably. Well, if he definitely goes to light heavyweight, there isn't a person that I can see in that division that's stopping Rumble. Mm. Yeah. So it's one of them, and it's pro- and it, there's an argument about it maybe being the same for Yoel, but who knows? We we yeah. don't know. You never know. Yoel could rock up. Yoel Yoel comes across to me as the type of guy who is just happy fighting. So if somebody's I know, so a freak fight of nature, him, well, yeah, he is a freak of nature, <laughs> but he's the type of guy. If somebody offers him a fight and it's it's you know it's decent money and it's a good opponent, he's just going to jump on it. Mm. Uh, and and again, Rachel, she's she's going to have offers because, as I say, she she's becoming a bigger sort of personality yeah. of, of recent times. I've, I've not I'm noticing a, a hell of a lot more on on like social media and stuff like that. I'm noticing more and more people talking about her. Might not be for fighting reasons, but yeah, yeah she's getting talked about. It doesn't matter what she's getting talked about for. That brings yeah exactly publicity. So it brings. A spotlight on whichever promotion she ends up in. So essentially, you're saying like the cuts could also be beneficial because it's like maybe like fighters that didn't really stand much of a chance 
in yeah. the UFC could now have a best chance in a different organisation or possibly and I'm not and I don't want it to sound like I'm discrediting other promotions and, and their fighters and stuff like that yeah. because I'm not but you look at the you look at the you look at the calibre of, of fighter in the light heavyweight division well when you're at Jones there especially but you look at the calibre of the fighter in UFC's light heavyweight division and compare it to, to Bellator's I think personally UFC's light heavyweight division wins that you know yeah. what I mean um, but it, it's beneficial for the fighters in other ways. It's, you know, look at it. They can't have, you know, look at the sponsorships they've had to lose out on because UFC were adamant on the UFC on the, the Reebok deal, and now next year when they, when it's the Venom deal, where and you know they used to have the amount of the amount of sponsors they used to have on the, on the things behind them when they used yeah. to put them. Yeah, you know, the banners. They'd have 10, 15 sponsors, mm. and they've had to lose a lot of that because of these deals. So, no, it's not only going to benefit them from a fighting point of view; it's going to benefit them from a money point of view because they can. Bellator mightn't pay as much as the UFC did, or one mightn't pay as much as the UFC did, but, but then they can the get sponsors. additional sponsors, which makes yeah. up for that and possibly surpasses it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Um, so let's move on from that then. Um, so as you know, uh. Clarissa Shields um, drained uh, PFL. Now I think I don't know whether it was a tweet. It was a, it was on Instagram. But basically, she said that MMA fans need to bow down and kiss her feet because she's taking it seriously. Now she's been with training with John Jones, Holly Holm. Um, you know, a bunch of different people think she's a white belt. Um, no, but did like? Do you think it like if boxers were to transition and take it serious? Do you think boxers could actually perform well? Um, yeah, by all by all means, if 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 a boxer takes it seriously and legitimately wants to learn the crafts of, of say Brazilian jiu-jitsu or just standard wrestling, you know what I mean? Mm. Then you look at the the punching power they've got alone makes them dangerous. Yeah, you give them you give them the you then give them the ability to defend themselves in in situations that they are not traditionally trained for, and you've got dangerous fighters like you look at this Clarissa Shields. Now, boxing record, don't get me wrong, she's got a very, very impressive, impressive resume or CV for us in the UK. But she yeah. has so she's she's ten and up in boxing. Mm. Um, she's won a gold medal. She's got two Olympic gold medals, um, London and Rio. She's yeah. got two golds at the World Championship and she's got a gold at the Pan American Games. And she's one of the only eight boxers in history, male or female, to hold all four major world titles in boxing, which is the WBA, WBC, IBF, and WBO simultaneously. So the fact that the fact that she's been able to do that is it's phenomenal. She's mm. obviously extremely talented. She's training with the right people, crucially. Yeah. John Jones, like the may not the might not be better many better people out there right now to train from especially yeah. while he's still on top of his game um who else did you say holly home holly, holly home yeah again very good person to train from because she's got she's she's got the history of transitioning from sport to sport as well yeah true she and she's always that. developing yeah exactly and she's just you know she put on on twitter she's now got a white belt so clearly she's on the right track yeah it's only yeah. a white belt but you, you've got to start there that's when you know so she's clearly on the right track and i think if She's young, which is which is massive for her. She's only twenty five. Yeah. So, so you very know, young. Give it, you know, give it. You could, she could take another gear off, just to train, mm. and still be in a plan. Yeah. Which, which has got to be a dangerous thought. But 
yeah, we, we know there's history of boxers coming over into MMA and I think the, the most sort of famous one is James Tony. Yeah. And he failed miserably miserably. I can't speak. Failed miserably. But he didn't he didn't take it seriously. He thought he could just come in as a boxer into MMA and beat Randy Couture and Randy Couture just went, Well, no, I'll get you on the floor and I'll submit you. Yeah. Good see you later. Get out me off the gun. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you go if a boxer takes it seriously, like you've seen you've seen boxers and MMA fighters don't get me wrong, but boxers have that elite mentality, especially when they're so decorated like she is. Like if Floyd Mayweather in his prime wanted to come to MMA and train properly for it and learn new crafts and stuff like that, would he be the best? Who knows? Would he be one of the top guys? Absolutely, I believe he would. Yeah. Because he's just got that elite mentality where where being second best isn't, isn't good enough. He's got to be the best no matter what he does. Um, and obviously, I think we, we're going to come to Floyd a little bit later on again. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's that, again, just athletes in general. If an athlete's got that elite mentality, then as long as they put their mind to whatever they want to do, then there's not a lot that's going to stop them from doing it. Look at Brock Lesnar. You know, mm. he, he wanted to be, he was a wrestler, collegiate wrestler, one of yep. the best the US has ever seen. Um, then went to WWE and was immediately pushed to the top of the company as soon as he came in there. Was, yeah. was phenomenal there. Left, went to the NFL. Yeah, he, he wasn't phenomenal in the NFL, but he made it to the NFL. And then yeah. he decided to go into UFC and he wanted to be the he wanted to be the guy in the UFC. And he was, until Conor McGregor come along and there's still questions about it now, he was the biggest draw in UFC history. Yeah. And again, you could it's still it's still arguably a toss up between the two of them. And then he went back to the and then he went back to WWE and dominated again. So these people again, athletes just are a different animal. Um there's a reason that you know, there's a reason there's not there's not hundreds of Brock Lesnar's in the world or Clarissa Shields. There's reasons there's not hundreds and hundreds of people like them. There's a reason that only eight people in boxing history have done what Clarissa Shields has done. Yeah. So yeah, I do believe she can be dangerous in, in MMA if she takes it as serious as she has boxing. Yeah, I, I think what it is with, particularly with MMA fans, I think because they've seen Tony and Couture and they've seen how that went, I think we all feel that's going to be the same story. Um, but the difference is Tony just wants to show that boxing was the better art, basically. Um, I think I think that was his mentality. It's like, well, I'm a boxer, I'm one of the best I'll be able to take him, you know. See, with but, James Tony, for me, it was an e- it was an ego thing with him. Mm, exactly, um, that's what I mean. Randy Couture made him his bitch. Yeah, basically, it was, it was he had a big ego. He thought he was best. Yeah, he's one of the best boxers. But when it comes to MMA, it's like you, you know, you subpar basically. Um, but and that's the big difference. Like Clarissa's not coming in with like a massive ego. Yeah, she's she's good. You know, she she's one of the top females, but she's taking it seriously. That that's the big difference. She's learning each so, yeah, aspect I, I, that she needs to learn and become better at it. And she might not even have a fight anytime soon. I don't know if she's mm. booked, but she's gonna want to take time to yeah. improve on these other aspects of mixed martial arts. That so yeah, I, I disagree. I disagree with the whole. She hasn't got an ego. She's hundred percent got an ego. But it's not the same type of ego that James Tony had. Yeah. James Tony had, I'm a boxer, I'm better than everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a boxer. Whereas she's like, 
I'm a boxer and I'm a better boxer than anybody else on the planet. And now I'm going to train MMA and I'm going to be better than anybody else in MMA. Yeah. So it, it, it's a different type of, she's still got an ego, but it's a different type of ego. I think it's more, she's got a respect for MMA, whereas James Tony didn't. Yeah. I think that that's the massive difference. It's out of coming mentally. Yeah. Um, so what's next? Come on. Um, okay, so next, uh, oh, since we're in sort of boxing type world, we'll stick with Mayweather and Logan Paul, um, massive YouTube personality, zero YouTube sensation. YouTube sensation. There you go. Zero and one in his boxing record, in his boxing career, um, fighting Floyd Mayweather, possibly one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. It's actually been booked. Now, first of all, Has? what do you think of that? What is your being a fight, uh, boxing fan yourself at times? What do you make of that? Kill it with fire. Say that again. Kill it with fire. Okay. <laughs> Kill it with fire before it lays eggs. Um, it's it's fucking stupid. I don't I don't see the appeal of it. Like you know, don't watch. I don't watch YouTubers. So, mm. for me, he's still a nobody. He might have 75 million subscribers or however many he's got. Yeah. But for me, he's still a nobody. Um, and But Floyd Mayweather right now, he's just all about making money. And he knows how to make money. He's a money-making machine. So, mm. if he sees an opportunity to add an extra 100 million to his bank account, he's going to take it. So, it, like, it's possible that we get future, you know, matchups like this, you know, possibly a YouTuber or whoever. Going into boxing, you know, getting a big fight, money fight. Um, obviously, there's there's a certain uh, positive aspect to it in terms of it will bring younger people to boxing. But as far as the old heads and people who've loved boxing for years, it's not the best um, approach. So I put a, a article out, and it was basically I was basically saying, would Tyson's Legend League now help? Because obviously there was a time when people was like, no, I'm not into it. You know, I don't want to see him fight. Let's remember him for what he was. He come back and he, he looked really good. Um, but there's there's certain positives to that. So it's like people who are fans now may not have seen Tyson or Holyfield or anyone box. Now they have this possibility. You know, obviously they're going to watch for, like the old dads are going to watch for like nostalgic reasons. Um, and then also there's like the thing of matchups that were never made in the past that could be, you know, done today with yeah. Legends League. Do you think there will become a marker for that? And do you think it could help boxing? Um, I think there is a market for it. I don't think it will help boxing. So the way I look at it, it's the same as having Legends games in football. Um, right. The good for selling tickets when so Liverpool Legends deep deep they have a few games every year and they yeah. use Anfield and stuff like that. And it's good to keep Anfield in use while the while the actual first team isn't playing there. But you're not going there to you're going there to watch an old favourite have a sort of a less um a less sort of I can't think of any words it like not as intense game of football. It's there's a bit more friendliness to it. It's just, yeah. it's a bit more like a kickabout, but you'll get to see 
Steven Gerrard again, or you'll get to see, you know, um, Fernando Torres again or something like that. Yeah. It's a chance to see your favourite players one more time, kind of thing. So, in that respect, yeah, there is a market for it. But them having them games does nothing for the current Liverpool team. So, yeah. in the same instance, yeah, it might be fun to go back and watch Mike Tyson fight Roy Jones Jr. for the first time. But that itself doesn't help boxing. You look at the undercard, you had the co-main event was was uh, Jake Paul and, and Robinson. Nate Robinson. Yeah. So this is a YouTuber versus a basketball player. Yeah. That doesn't help boxing. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't that doesn't help that okay. doesn't help boxing get back above for me right now, MMA is above boxing. So say, say, that doesn't say, help say, MMA, that doesn't help boxing get back above MMA. So say if the like if Tyson done it again, remade a fight card that had all boxers on, um, hmm. whether it be you know a mix of the the legends with you know some like new ones, you know not not specifically YouTubers or people from the NBA or whatever. If he was to do like a full fight card full of boxers, old and new, what would you say to them? Would it still be the same kind of approach? No, it wouldn't. And this is where it differs from something like Legends games and football is because, and it, it applies to regular boxing cards. So um, I'll, I'll bring this up because he's fighting tonight. Anthony Joshua yeah. um, is, is fighting tonight on one of his old cards. I um, can't remember when it was. There was a, there was a young lad on it called, uh, I think his name was Joshua Buatzi. Yeah. He looked phenomenal. Now, if I wasn't watching the Joshua fight, I wouldn't have ever seen him. Right. So it's the, the same thing applies to that. If if you're what if you're buying an event that's headlined by say let's just say Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield, if you're yeah. watching an event headlined by them, but then you, and I'm going to say somebody that we've that more, a lot of people have probably heard of, but just as as an example. But if you've got on the undercard of that, say Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, fighting some American fighter, um, but neither of them were both of them are relative unknowns. And Chris Eubank Jr. has an absolutely unbelievable performance and looks like a world beater. It then puts eyes on him simply because people are tuning in for Tyson v Holyfield. Yeah. So in that respect, if it's fully boxing, then yeah, it can it can have a benefit because it can put eyes on some of the upcoming stars. Okay. Yeah, that was a was an interesting one. Um, let's move on to the the next item on the news. Um, so. Let's go into this one. So we have COVID nineteen, as you know. You ever heard of that? No, but what is it? Tell me. No. Tell me all about it. No, Apparently, it's this, this, this disease <laughs> going about. Um, it basically, I just see like it's affecting a lot of fight cards. Um, people are pulling out because of it, um, and it's being quite rampant since they come back to Vegas. Do you think uh, the UFC will stop having shows there because of how you know? Rampant to become more fighters are pulling out. Obviously, they're meant to be in their own bubble within Vegas, but obviously, it's shown that that hasn't worked out as well. Um, what 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 do you make of that? And what do you think is the approach that they should go with? Um, personally, for me, I think they probably should go back to Fight Island. Yeah. But that being said, you know, people will blame it on. Vegas and, and Vegas being like a, a party town and stuff like that and the mm. fact that 
you know, obviously we're not American. I'm not sure what the restrictions are like in Vegas at the moment. Yeah. But if if the restrictions aren't in place where it's like you can only meet with the bubble and everywhere is closed kind of thing, then if they're not breaking any rules, it, it's hard to, you can't really blame anybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, and it's the same with, with, with Mo Salah for Liverpool. So um, a couple of weeks, a few weeks back, um, he was on international duty with Egypt. Yeah. And while he was over in Egypt, he went to his brother's wedding. Now, in Egypt, and in Egypt, weddings aren't banned. Weddings are allowed to go ahead right. with as many people as you want. So, obviously, that wedding would have been planned specifically for when he knew he was going to be over there. Yeah. So, he hasn't broken any rules, and but he got, corona, he got COVID, and he had to sit out a few games for the right. But the point I made about that, and I'll make it about this as well, is, yeah, they may be doing stuff outside of a bubble in Vegas, but at the same time, they could still catch COVID anywhere. There's yeah. no guarantees to say that. They could be in the bubble and catch COVID. Yeah, so, yeah. And it's the same with Salah. He could have caught COVID on his flight over to Egypt with his international team just to meet up with them. There's no guarantees to say he could have, he caught that at his brother's wedding. wedding. Yeah, yeah. So it's the same principle. We know what it's like. It, it can be caught anywhere. So yeah. to say, swear Vegas, I think doesn't make it doesn't make any sense because there's no guarantees to say that this is all coming because of Vegas. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, they've had the, the bubble, you know, for for a while since they started it up again. You know, they started off in Vegas, didn't they? You know, they went to Fight Island. They've, they've kept that sequence, and you know, they haven't really, really broke it. You know, yeah, it's it's a big bubble, it's a big bubble of fighters, you know, commentators, judges, whatever. But I mean, like you said, you could you can catch it anywhere. It's not to say that they've caught it within the bubble and they're spreading it about or whatnot. That's what I mean. Um, Let me ask you a question before you go on to the next new segment. Obviously, um, at the time of this recording right now, um, in a few hours' time, is uh, UFC 256, I think it is, isn't it? I think um, uh, Moreno. and Moreno. Now, my question to you is, uh, well, I've got I've got a few questions just based around the event. Okay. Now, a lot most of the talk I've seen about this has been about the Ferguson and Oliveira fight rather than the main event. Yes. Do you think do you think that Moreno is being completely overlooked to the point where people aren't even talking about it? Um. Yeah, I think so. I think based off how well Figgy's looked. You know, especially with with the turnaround. You know, he, he only fought Perez what twenty one days, is it? Mm. He only fought Alex Perez twenty one days ago. He submits them, you know, and he's moving on to the next one. Um, but I, I don't even know if people are necessarily overlooking Moreno. I think people are just really excited for Ferguson and Oliveira. Mm. I mean, that fight made sense like for ages, you know. Yeah. Um. I think I put it in an article also like a couple of a couple of months back. I was asking should Chandler actually be next in line for the title. So this was around October. Yeah. And I went through the whole division of who is possibly deserving, even you know, in the fifteens where they're on win streaks. And I said that could be like a matchup. So I, I've been looking to that looking for that matchup for a while. And yeah. then like it's been made. You know, so I think it, it's more so a lot of people are excited for it 
based on the matchup, based on Ferguson returning after losing to Gaethje, you know, um, it could possibly be for who's in line for the title, you know, there's a lot of things around it. But then again, as you say, people could be overlooking Moreno, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, so it, it is a difficult one. Talking about Ferguson and Oliveira then, similar similar situation, again, I'm seeing most people, a lot of people are team, majority of people have seen the team Ferguson, which is, which is absolutely fine. Got no problem with that, Tony's a phenomenal fighter. Yeah. Do you think, again, do you think people are almost sort of treating it as a foregone conclusion that Tony's going to win? Um, some people will be, yeah, but I, I've always felt like Oliver is the dark horse of that division. He's on a, a, a seven-fight win streak. You know, he's been really improving in terms of his striking. His ground game's phenomenal. Um, but Tony's going to be a tough test. Um, and this is what makes the, the matchup so intriguing. Like, Tony will make like make you go into the deepest waters ever. I mean, he, he really puts you in, in it, basically. Um, he's got everything, the striking, you know, the elbows that he throws, you know, he's got the ground game. Um, he's been improving that. And I just think, as I said, I think the last episode, um, He's going to come back a different monster after that loss to Gaethje. Um Yeah, I, I just see him coming back, different different mentality, you know. Okay, so my final question before we before we get back to the news then, um, and I put this question to uh, to Cyrus from Combat Corner as well, so I just want to get your opinion on it. Um, say say Oliveira beats Ferguson, um, where does that leave Tony? Um, I don't think it does anything bad for Tony. I mean, yeah, he's going to be on uh, a two, two, two fight losing streak, but I don't think it really, you know, changes his position position a lot. I mean, before he lost the gate, he won twelve in a row. Um, I think because the circumstances around that, the whole change, people know like see that fight like it, it's different you know what I mean circumstances yeah. have changed he, he'd come in now for a strike even though he's a great striker Gaethje's a monster in terms of his striking so maybe people won't count that as much Um if he's to lose to Oliveira I mean what he, he goes down one or two in the rankings Um he's still going to be considered a, a contender Um yeah, I, I don't see it affecting him a lot in terms of ranking and in terms of his place in the division. He doesn't get cut. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it affects him a lot. Cool, Um So, okay then, so the next one. Um, let's stick with the lightweight division. So, recently, Kevin Lee, who actually got submitted in his last fight against Oliveira, and believes that Habib will come out of retirement to fight him. Uh, do you think that's true? Uh, there's another little thing I want to add into it, but first I want to see what you think of that, Lee. Do you think that's true? Will Habib come out to fight Kevin Lee? Um, no. That's straight now. 
Uh, and also, uh, Oliveira recently said he, he had like intel to show that Habib is not coming back at all, and it's meant to be apparently when he uh, gave his promise to his mum, he also swore on his dad's grave that he wouldn't fight again. Right. Um, with that being said, do, do you see him come back? Um, I've, I've said it before and I'll, I'll say it again. Um, I, I don't want him to come back. Um, yeah. I think the way he's gone out has been has been the right way. He's he promised, you know, he promised Justin the match, the fight, and he gave it to him, and he won. Um, he promised his mum, and if he swore on his dad's grave, I mean, you know, we know how much of a we know oh, the relationship he had with yeah. his dad. I don't think he'd go back on that again. I, I don't. He doesn't need to come back. He, he's proved. He's proved time and time again how good he is. He's beaten everybody they've put in front of him comfortably. Um, you know, unless it's, you know, I don't think the Ferguson fight was never, ever, ever going to happen. We we had it, I think we had it made five times and yeah, it never ended up happening. So. Over a couple of years. No, yeah. um, no, I don't, I, I don't think he should come back. Okay. Um, so, right. So let's go into our next one then. Um, so, as you know, Vittori uh, recently won against Hamanson, uh, and he's actually come out and said that Darren Till being at number four is a joke. One, do you agree with him? And two, what is your opinions on the rankings? Um, I, I think he's got a point. Whether I agree is, is a difficult one, but yeah, it, he's definitely got a point. Um, you know, he's one and three in his last four, Dad until and yeah. hasn't fought well, he fought in July and now he's injured again, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um so oh yeah, he, he certainly he certainly got a point. Like last year he fought twice and lost one, which was to Masvidal and then before that he fought Woodley. So he's 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 risen very fast, Dad until, you know, back in early sort of twenty eighteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um he's risen through the ranks very quick and got the title, uh, title shot against against Woodley, and unfortunately he he got outclassed there. Um, and it's, it's hard for us to say, as you know, being from Liverpool, we're always going to sort of riff for that until. But yeah. he certainly got a point. I mean, I think, um, what what he based on was the middleweight division. So he thinks that until at number four in the middleweight division is a joke. I mean, he's had one fight at middleweight, hasn't he? Which is yeah. Robert Whitaker, which he's lost. Yeah. So with that in mind, would you agree with Vittori? Um, well, yeah. Let's if if we're doing it on on that alone, then he shouldn't be in the middleweight rankings at all. Right. Badminton. Okay. Um, if we're just going on that, but as we know, as it, the way it's kind of gone recently is. It doesn't. It, it, it the rankings seem to be slightly more of a popularity contest these days than an actual, you know, game who's, who's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, again, he's probably got a point, and he, he's probably right that you know he should be in in the rankings. You know, ah, ah, wealth or something maybe, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's probably right in all honesty. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have two more. Um, so we've got an MMA one, and then it's actually a, a wrestling one for you. 
Um, so mm. the MMA one, uh, Demetrius Johnson has said he'll never fight at 125 pounds again. Um, I think it's because he, he said it's just it's too hard. Um, as you know, with one, uh, theirs have changed with the flyweight is actually at 135. Um, well, like, what, what do you make of him not fighting that flyweight again? I mean, if, he, if he's always been a flyweight, but he's at 135, I know why. He's obviously done well in the UFC at flyweight, but when he's went up, I mean, I don't think he's done too well. Um, so, I mean, like, what, what, what's the difference? Like, do, do you think it's a different kind of competition at one, you know? What you make of the whole I think thing? It, I think it's probably more he feels like he's achieved everything he can at 125. So what 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 good does it do him going back down to it? Um, as as you said, one's flyweight is 135 yeah. rather than 125. So and he's I think he's he's got a title shot in January, is it? I think February um, because he is the, the flyweight Grand Prix winners or something, yeah, yeah. something like that. So he, he's. He's obviously, he's not saying he's not going to be in flyweight anymore. It's just, it's just that, you know, ten pounds. It might not seem a lot, but when you're trying to cut that, if you've only got ten pounds left to cut a yeah. day before you fight, that's a lot to cut. It is, yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I think he's, he's probably making the right decision for his career at at the stage he's at right now. Yeah. So the last news item we have is. Basically, Brock Lesnar, um, a wrestling one for you, as I say. Uh, it turns out that WWE and AEW are actually going to bid for him. And apparently, Lesnar is going to uh, ask for ungodly, it's stated, ungodly amount of money. Uh, what kind of sum do you think that would be? And like, what do you think of that whole story in itself? Um, the story in itself, I mean, I can understand it from AEW's point of view. I, I'm not a big fan of AEW, and many people listening to this will probably think I'm crazy. Um, but it for me, it's it's like so when TNA first started years ago. Well, not necessarily when they first started, but they got to a point where they were just bringing in old WWE guys, yeah. and like because of who they were. And AW is kind of the same. They've brought in guys from like the independent scene who not many people will know, but then they're, they're reliant on on ex WWE guys like Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. Like um, who else? Well, I can't I can't think off the top of my head. But Chris Jericho is the main one. Cody Rhodes is another. Um, yeah. And then they've just brought in Sting. Oh, okay. Now Sting's last match was in WWE, and he basically he had to retire because of the the match. They done like a powerbomb into the turnbuckle and it, and it fucked his neck up oh, okay. so we had to retire now AW just brought him in with the supposedly with, with the intention for him to wrestle yeah it makes no sense the man's 62 why would you want him to wrestle yeah um, but he's just done it yeah but he's just done it because he's Sting mm. so for them to be able to go to Brock Lesnar you know look at it, the company is owned by uh, Tony Khan and his dad I can't think what his dad's name is exactly right now but Obviously, something can very, yeah. very, very rich people. They've got the financial backing to be a real, a real player against WWE. Yeah. At the moment, it, it is looking sort of as if WWE aren't wanting to bring 
new people in while it's sort of COVID. Yeah. So whether they'd be willing to pay Brock Lesnar the supposed godly amounts that he's asking for, I don't know if they do that right now. Whereas I think AEW probably would. That being said, I think there's a, I think there's there's a loyalty to Vince McMahon with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. You know, you got to you got to remember Brock Lesnar's been in WWE his entire wrestling career with the exception of a short spell in New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah yeah um, so all he knows is WWE it make he would he might ask AEW for ungodly amounts of money I don't think he'd do the same to WWE because he's been working with them for the best part of 15 years and they basically give him his career yeah yeah okay. but it's interesting Um Easy. I think for me, he's probably either retired from pro wrestling or he'll go back to WWE. Yeah, you don't see any other route for him apart from WWE. Not really, unless AEW are willing to part with God knows how much. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the news covered. Um, so we, we will have our next segment, our little fun part that we like to do. What is it that we're doing on this one intros and entrances so um bit of flamboyance about some of them i suppose um mm-hmm. but just talk about our favorite sort of entrance songs entrance moments um i think we picked five sort of songs each yeah um and then after that we're just going to talk about our what we would choose ourselves as our entrance music i've got yeah. i think i've got a slightly different way to key and i've chose one I would have as my like wrestling entrance, which would would be a bit flamboyant, a bit of a show. And then yeah. I chose my MMA entrance, which I'd use to get psyched up. So I'm going to let you go first. What is your first one? Are we going with the fighters first? Yeah. Let's do do the fighters way. ones first, yeah. Okay. So um, but this is more because I, I like the song, but it, uh, some of them fit as well. Um, so the first one is The Cranberries Zombie. Song. And it's obviously the person who walks out to it is the Korean zombie. Yeah. Um <laughs> so it's it's a good song and it fits with his uh just say character, you know. Yeah. Fits with him. That's my first one. Okay, so my first one um is funny enough, a, a WWE theme music. <laughs> okay. And it's someone I can't stand. The MMA fighter, that is. Um, so I've gone for when Colby Covington used Kurt Angle's music. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and what I liked about that is I feel like Colby played into the fact that he knows not a lot of people like him. Because with Kurt Angle's music, it starts and then it does like a bit. It goes, duh, duh, and the crowd chant, you suck. Yeah. So I think he's chosen it because... Oh, he yeah, yeah, I remember it now. So at him as well. So I think he's been yeah. smart in choosing that one. Yeah. That's the only reason I wouldn't choose Colby Covington for anything else. I mean, um, he's played to his uh, his gimmick basically. His oh character. yeah, he has massively, massively. Okay, um, next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so I'd, I put I put them down as features as I come across them, uh, but this one I'll go next uh, because he is my favourite fighter and he got me into the sport. It's Frank Mir, and he his walkout song was Kanye West, amazing. Right, okay, yeah. 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 I, I like any, that any one. particular reason behind that? Um, or did you like the fight and you like the song? It's, it's Frank Mia. You know, he got me into the sport. 
the song is quite catchy and it's also there's a little bit of it that goes you know eh, no, no matter what you'll never take that from me you know that's like a you know i mean yeah. it's like a, a thing of strength you know I'll, I'll always be strong kind of thing yeah um so my next one um these are no particular order by the way yeah my next one i've gone a bit closer to home and i've gone dad until sweet caroline I thought um, you'd go with that one, you know, because it's also what's what's it also associated with that you like the football. The, oh the, yeah, the, I used to. Yeah, I, I used to think I used to think about Andy Carroll. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it it's nothing to do. It's just the crowd get involved, and it's, it's yeah. just it's just good. They, they, I think they do it time sometimes at the boxing as well. Yeah, yeah, um, and it, it's just good to get the crowd involved in it. And Darren Till used it perfectly when he fought in Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, me, me next one um, is by his, uh, John Quintero, and it's a 300 violin orchestra. Um, had That's this, interesting. Uh, Vitor Belfort walked into this and Eric Silva, but what I found out what was made of it is they both walked into it at the same event. Um, so, but but the, the song is good. Um, if you if you haven't heard it, give it a listen. It does give you that little, just kind of pump you up kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's that's my third one. All right, my third one. I've gone purely just because it's a it's a great song. Um, Uriah Faber and California Love. Yes. Yeah. Again. Again. Listen to him, California kids. You know. Yeah. And I think he's yeah. also called his daughter Callie. So it's, yeah. No, it's per- it's perfect for him, but the song itself is just a, an absolute classic. Yes. So you can't you can't not like it. <laughs> you, you can't not like it. It's great. Hey, I can't sing, but I'm gonna. <laughs> um, so okay then. So my next one, uh, I'll go twist that around. I've gone with Biggie, kicking the door, uh, Frankie Edgar. Um, that song's just amazing. Anyway, it's flowing now. Um, and especially just that, that, you know, that chorus is kicking the door. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's got that kind of punch to it. Okay, so my next one, um, mine's more the whole overall entrance of this one. Mm. Um, so you probably remember it was UFC, I believe, one seventy three, and it was John Jones when he done the his best impression of Ray Lewis. We're hot in here. So he's right. he's uh, walking back. He's walking to the arena with all the all the security guards around him, and he does like a slide to the right, a slide to the yeah. left, and then it's like a ah, and like a scream and all that. But yeah, yeah. Ray Lewis was uh, an American football player. Right. He used to do that every game with the same song. So he did yeah, yeah. that as his entrance, and so I think he must have been in wherever they were was the city Ray Lewis was known for playing for. Uh, so he decided to to do it in honor of him. And I think there's that, and there's also I think John Jones' brothers actually play in the NFL, so there's yeah, the association yeah. there as well. But it was just a, it was just fun. It was it was nice to see the sort of fun side of John Jones, mm. so close to a fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so fifth and final one. My last one is from a fighter who isn't uh, in the organization anymore, but I do like the song. The song, and it's Bob Dylan, Hurricane. Okay. Do you, do you know the story behind that one? I do not. Uh, there was a, a boxer, uh, Ruben, Ruben Hurricane Carter, 
I don't know, it was like in the seventies, maybe a bit earlier. Um, he'd won the title, and I think not long after, uh, he got wrongly convicted. I think of, you know, having drugs in his car. Um, yeah. And basically, the film portrays I don't know how how much of it is you know correct. Um, but the film portrays it as this kid and a both of them, and he goes to meet them in the jail and helps them in that. Um, but the, the song itself is good, especially again the chorus part. Fair enough. Okay, my last one. Um, it's a fighter. I'm not sure how many people will be oh, massively familiar with him. Um, he's a name I do recognise, but I couldn't I couldn't really tell you about his career too much. But when I was looking for some fun ones, this stood out a lot. So it's uh, James Tahuna. Yeah, Tahuna. And yeah. Um, so he basically does. A men in black entrance. Yeah. So think, he's got all his it. yeah, he's got all his team in the suit in the suit and yeah. he start doing the dance with the men in black and all that. Yeah, and it's yeah. just like, yeah, that you know, that's cool. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I remember um, that, yeah. It, it, me, it just made me smile, to be honest. <laughs> I chose it. Yeah. I, I do remember that. Yeah. That was, that was a good one. So um our own entrance is what we choose. Um so have you only got one? one more. Have you only got one like entrance to choose? If you've only got one, I'll go first. I've got like five songs. <laughs> what for, for your own entrance? Yeah, for, how many for times like, you entered near? Well, I'm hoping I'm gonna fight at least five times. <laughs> I chose to. <laughs> well, I'll, you just think of yours and I'll think of mine. Do you, do you want me go to on. reel off three first and then we go can on. do two? You reel off, you reel off. Okay, so, um, my first one is Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit. But there's a reason. What what does a white rabbit symbolize? Tell me. You you meant to answer that. I probably know the answer, but... Good luck. A white rabbit symbolizes good luck. I'm giving myself good luck. Leave me alone. It's my first fight. (laughs) Okay. Um, Next one. um, To go after is Journey. Don't stop believing. (laughs) I know I can do it. I've just got to believe. Uh, and not stop apparently. Yeah, don't stop. Don't <laughs> stop believing at all. You'll you'll get there. Um the next one um is Biggie Unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable that I've made it this far. It's also unbelievable. I'm 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 not too bad at fighting. Well, I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna go down with you're unbelievable. So <laughs> I was thinking that at first, but you know, and uh, I'm not I'm not much just... of that of a fighter. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll try it. And, you know, I'm going to do well in it. Uh, and also, that song with Biggie like, is amazing. It's flowing that everything. It's great. Um, okay, so last two. You throw one off because I'm just like, you know. All right, well, this isn't, this, this isn't on my list. I've just threw an extra one in because I didn't know you chose five. Um, <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in... Bit of a slow one, but an amazing song. I'm gonna throw in Devil's Wear, Joanna Lucas. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And to give it a reason, I'm going in there. I'm going in there to do the Devil's Bidding. Going okay. in there to do the Devil's Wear. Ooh. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna collect some souls, <laughs> and then I'm gonna leave again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, I'm not, and I'm not gonna go to church because I'm afraid of being judged. Yeah. So there you go. And so what's another one? Um, um, another one. So all right. Yeah. So the way I was planning on doing it was choosing a wrestling entrance theme. Mm. And uh, one, so I'll tell you me wrestling one. So 
The one I've chose here is um, Shepherd of Fire by Avenge Sevenfold. Um, don't know if you've heard of Avenge Sevenfold, but they're like a, they're like a rock band. I don't um, think so, no. Basically, what I like, what's good about this song is the reason it work in wrestling is it's got like a 45 second to a minute sort of build up to the main song. Oh, okay. So it'd be like it'd be like a bit ominous kind of thing, like yeah, like have a darkened room sort of thing and have a proper full-on spectacle of an entrance, and yeah, then yeah. the song kicks in, you just come out going proper crazy, and it's like, cool. <laughs> yeah. So go on, hit me with your last two. Okay. Um. So my next one would be Eminem, Venom. People are gonna taste my venom. So like, that's that's me actually having a bit of a thingy in me ability, me fighting ability. You know, if you were gonna go with Eminem, I thought you would have went with four. Possibly four. Because possibly, possibly that's what you're going to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna fall. You're gonna fall. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I went with that that one. You know, do you want to do your, your last one, and then I'll give you th- this one just completely to intim- intimidate the opponent. So you, okay. you do one. Okay, I'll do my last one, and you do yours. And yeah. then I actually have a, a non-MMA-related question for you to, to finish off okay. that I've just thought of right now, and okay. I feel like it needs to be asked. <laughs> um, so, my MMA entrance would simply be, um, would be Can't Be Touched by Roy Jones Jr. Can't Be Touched now, by Roy Jones Jr.? Does he sing it, or does he walk into it? No, he's a rapper. He, he raps in it. Oh, okay. It's a rap song and by Roy Jones Jr. And come other people like really? I don't like know. I, you I know what? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever come into it himself, but it's a good song and it will get you like it will get you psyched for the fight. I, I, right. It's a good song. Give it a listen when you get a yeah, chance. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. And then my last one to completely intim- intimidate. Can't even say the word. Intimidate the opponent is the Bloodhound Gang. The Bad Touch. <laughs> If I'm walking in and a song is playing that's saying let's do it like video on the Discovery Channel, he's going to run out the place. He's not staying in that octagon. Winner by forfeit. Yeah, winner by forfeit. I, I'm not. I'm not wrestling or grappling with him. <laughs> what he's just walked to? That, that's just scared me. <laughs> oh, that's the least intimidation intimidation song I've ever heard in my life. Oh, it, uh, it, it's it's still a great song. It's still a funny song. It, it's especially it's, the video. Yeah, it's a great song, but you know, it's the type of thing. Um, it was what's his name, Sean O'Connell. It's the type of thing he'd walk into. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it was intimidating. People, people would be like, you know, uh, as I say, I'm not wrestling with him, I'm not grappling with him. He just wants to do it like the Johnny Discovery Channel. So let's get out of here. Fair <laughs> so, last thing I, I want to just mention, um, I say non MMA related question here. Okay. Uh, we're, both, we're both massive rap fans, uh, yeah, okay. and we both consider Eminem to be up there yeah. as one of the greats. So, the one question I just want to ask you very quickly, um, what would you consider to be Eminem's most underrated song? So, um, he's got a hell of a discography, hasn't he? Um, yes. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't think it, this is actually what the song called. I, I don't think people give I would, I would, I'm gonna say it's gonna come out wrong, but I don't think you will give us so much attention. <laughs> um, there is a song by Eminem called Arsehole with Scar Scarlet Grey. I'm not really into this Scarlet Grey part, but the song is just part heavy. Um, that really shows his ability. Is that it? Because you, you said one song, didn't you? 
Yeah, so fair enough. That, that's a good stick answer. With me, yeah, stick with your asshole. Yeah, stick with your asshole. Go on then. So for me, um, I've gone. It, it's an older song, um, mm. and I've gone for Haley's song. Oh yeah, I love Haley's song. Um, it is a brilliant and, song. It just, yeah, I think for me, it just shows a different side of him and him because he's really, singing. Yeah, he well. is. And he obviously puts the rapper in, but for me, it just shows off how sort of how elite he is at storytelling. Mm. Because you really, you really like, you really buy into what he's what he's singing about, kind of thing. Yeah, he pulls just, it in, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Like, it's just a brilliant song. Like the uh, off his recent album, Darkness, and obviously the. I think if you didn't have that video and you closed your eyes, you could still paint that picture. Like, I think he's just that good with his vocabulary. Even something he's like good uh, at painting the picture, you know, you know and the storytelling yeah, system. Even something like Better. headlights, you know, where he like apologizes to his mum and stuff like yeah. that. It's just, just phenomenal. Yeah. Let, let's let's leave it there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll end we'll up, end up talking, talking about rapping. Exactly. Um, we'll end up talking about Eminem for three hours, and we've been on this a long time today. Um, well, what we need to do is tell people how they can find us. Oh, you can find us on Twitter at SuperNessary with two Y's. Yep. You can find us on Instagram at SuperNessary with three Y's. You can find us on the web at SuperNessaryPodcast.co.uk. Yep. Um, again, you can find our merch if you just type in um, SuperNessary spreadsheet and our shop should come up if you yep. want to go and buy our merch. You can find us on YouTube. Um, and if you haven't already, go and check out our interview with Monica Hochlokova. Yep. Uh, Really and good interview. Really fun interview. She was super nice. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, it was really good to talk to her. So go and check that out and let us know what you think of it. Um, we will look to start getting questions from you, the listeners. Um, and hopefully, you know, we can answer some of your questions rather than just asking each other questions. Yeah. Um, I think um, we'll be back soon. Yeah, I think it'll bring a, a new element to the, to the show. And yeah. It helps us as well because we don't know, you know, the questions until you're going to ask them. So, you know, we're going to need to put thoughts and stuff into it as well. You know, yeah. not not that we don't put thoughts into the questions that we ask each other, but it's just it, it's another element that uh, makes we, the show we put thought We put thought into it. It just doesn't come across, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Which makes it fun. Yeah. So when this um, drops, um, you can help us get it out, out further by, you know, retweeting it, liking it, um, whatever you Listen, it was a rating to, on, on Apple. Exactly. That gets us higher in the rankings, um, which is what we want. And, and you can do, it, it helps a lot, and we appreciate it. Super necessary.